0: then it gives you all the tools, motivation and information that you need to become the healthiest version of yourself. The kind of key ways to become healthy have been obvious for a long time, which is, it kind of boils down to eat well, sleep enough, (laughs) move move your body a few times every day. And even though most people know those principles, a lot of us still find it really hard to actually do those things. Even just in the few days, it's been really good at pushing me out of my comfort zone. So my background is as an engineer. So you know, product and building and engineering—it's very much my comfort zone. And uh, marketing and content creation, all of that stuff, I find terrifying. And so many people on Nanogrid just do it so well that aspect of it, and it has definitely inspired me to be better in that regard. And you know, putting myself out there and putting Hoku out there. Whenever I'm doing anything or trying anything with Hoku, I tell myself that like, this is an experiment. Like, this isn't a reflection of who I am. <laughs> like The things I do and the things I see with hoku. like none of them are a reflection of who I am as a person. They're just things I'm trying out, and one of it will stick and one of it won't. And everything I'm doing, when I frame it like that as an experiment, then it means that I, even if something doesn't go well, then I can look at it as sort of a learning lesson rather than a, a failure in itself.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Ship It and Sip It. I'm excited to kick off a long series of founder interviews with the founders in the Nano Grit Challenge. And the first guest I have today is Kavita. She is the founder of Hoku. Uh, Kavita, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good. Very good.
1: Fantastic. And I won't describe Hoku to our listeners or watchers. Uh, can you give us the one line or elevator pitch to Hoku?
0: So Hoku is an AI-powered health coach that connects to all your health data, learns about your preferences and your health profile, and then it gives you all the tools, motivation, and information that you need to become the healthiest version of yourself.
1: It's awesome. And check out the website, heyhoku.com. We'll get that plug right in there. Looks great. (laughs) There's a demo there. I played with it a little bit before we recorded, and I have a lot of... Questions about how it works and what it's going to be. So, we'll get into all that today. Uh, But first of all, um, what inspired you to build Hoku?
0: Yeah, so I guess I've been passionate about the consumer health space for a very long time. Like, I think obviously being and staying healthy is one of the things that has a huge aspect on every aspect of your life, effectively. But, you know, the kind of key ways to become healthy have been obvious for a long time, which is it kind of boils down to, you know, eat well, sleep enough, <laughs> move move your body a few times every day. And, you know, even though most people know those principles, a lot of us still find it really hard to actually do those things. And solving that problem of how you get a person from the intention of becoming healthy to the action of actually doing something at scale has been a problem that I've always wanted to fix. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I wanted to build Hoku. And, you know, we were talking about AI for a bit and personalization or everyone knew that's always going to be part of that solution for health. And especially because everyone has different incentives, like different health profiles, different ways in which they want to be motivated. But figuring that out at scale had always been going to be a challenge and it is a huge hill to climb. But with LLMs and with AI, that's suddenly become really easy which is why I think it's the perfect time for something like Hoku.
1: Right. Uh, you've mentioned that you've been interested in the consumer health space for a while. So I guess you're familiar. What other solutions are out there and, and why is Hoku sort of different from them?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's loads of health spaces crowded. You know, there's loads of different products and different verticals, um, you know, for nutrition for fitness. Um You know, I think Hoku will be different in two ways. The first one is it's it's a comprehensive view into your health in the sense that it doesn't just focus on one aspect, it's about how all of it fits together. But not even just, you know, looking at nutrition, sleep and exercise, it also kind of looks at who you are as a person, you know, what motivates you, what makes you tick, like what incentivizes you to become healthy uh, and helps you in that framework. And then the second thing is, is the personalization aspect of it. You know, I think... There are a lot of apps, so things like that are great, like Nike Training Club, uh, which just more of fitness-focused stuff. Um, things like My Fitness Pal, uh, things like Noon, which are more focused on the nutrition side of things. They all have some element of personalization, which usually kind of boils down to do a quiz for about ten minutes, and then we'll give you uh, certain sort of pathways to take. But like you know, true personalization where it knows every like little health data point about you. And as it changes, it's constantly changing, um, you know, the recommendations it makes, the strategies it provides you, uh, the way it talks to you. Um, That level of personalization has not been done yet by any of those apps, uh, which is why I think Hoku will be different in that regard.
1: For sure. And I would just want to put a pin in that data point because I want to come back to that later. Uh, But before we do, You've just joined NanoGrit. You're you're one of the most recent uh, founders to come into the program sort of in the second week. Um, Mm. What what have you found uh, helpful in the cohort so far? And what are you hoping that it will help you to do to move Hoku forward?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I really just love being part of like, founder communities. I think everyone, and especially, you know, with Nanigra, even just in the few days that I've been part of it, like, everyone's really passionate about what they're building and the problems they're solving in their respective spaces. Um, there's been so much support uh, on the Slack, on Twitter. And, you know, I think just being a startup founder is such a weird thing unique journey in so many ways that unless you're a founder yourself it's hard to describe so you know I think even just being part of Nanogrit and like the building public space on Twitter has just made that feel a little less lonely Um, and you know specifically with Nanogrid, I think even just in the few days it's been really good at pushing me out of my comfort zone so my background is as an engineer so you know product and building and engineering it's very much my comfort zone and uh marketing and content creation all of that stuff I find terrifying and so many people on Nanogrit just do it so well that aspect of it and it has definitely inspired me to be better in that regard you know and putting myself out there and putting Hoku out there which I think will will really make a difference to you know getting the word out there about what we're doing
1: Yeah, fantastic. And I agree, even as someone who's worked in content and marketing for a while, uh, a lot of the founders in NanoGrit are killing it. I mean, they have like 30,000 or more Instagram followers, lots of Twitter followers. So lots of success there and uh, a lot that we can all learn from that. Um, Just to touch on the community aspect a little bit, Mm. uh, are there any – Founder communities that you're part of, like sort of in real life, uh, where you're at, or have you not found that?
0: Um, with my last uh, company that I did, yes, as part of an in person accelerator, and that was really, really great. But I think what happens a lot with um, things like accelerators is that you have that community for that time. So, you know, you're part of a three month accelerator, and then there's a lot of constant support. Um, and check-ins but after that uh, it ends then it's a lot harder to stay in touch because you know people are busy people have other things going on um, but it is something I very much want to find in real life as well like I'm trying to you know having started joining the Build and Space community one of my things I'm hoping to do is to find uh, people based in London who are in, in the Build and Space community and hopefully seeing them in real life too.
1: Cool. Um, have you always wanted to be a startup founder?
0: Oh, uh, not as a child. I <laughs> wanted to be an astronaut <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, sure. But as an as an adult, I think so. Yeah. Like one of the reasons I uh, became a software engineer was because you know I really wanted to build a product that had an impact on people's lives. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I worked in startups. Before I create my own startup, partly to kind of you know gain a lot of experience and how that would look like, like what a building company looked like. Uh, also because I found it terrifying to go become a founder, even though I thought that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I think so. Uh,
1: can we just dive into a little bit deeper into <laughs> what what were you terrified of uh, yeah. when you were thinking about this in your head?
0: Um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of vulnerability in becoming a founder to some extent because you are, you know, where, even when I was in a startup and even when I was in small startups where I was the first few engineers, there's still, if something goes wrong, you know, in a way, it doesn't affect you personally to, uh, to some degree. Whereas I think when you're building something, it's very much your vision. It's very much like your baby. Um, it It's very... You know, every little thing I think uh, can have an impact um, on you. And I found that quite scary. I found the prospect of like, and this is a personal thing. I found the like failure quite scary as well. Like the idea of failing. And I think in startups, you know, failure is very much part of the process. Like you, you just fail and fail and fail again until uh, you get something right. Like experimentation and getting things wrong, It's very much part of the journey to becoming a good founder and I think I I just found that like having to go through that as a person and having to go go through that growth as a person quite uh um intimidating but you know like it has been a process and like it has definitely I've definitely become better at it now having done it for a, a year or so but initially uh before I did it, you know, I looked at it and I thought, oh, my God, like, this is, this is going to be hard. Um, and, you know, there was nowhere, it's nowhere to hide as a founder, really. Um, if something goes wrong, then it's on you, like, you're responsible for your company, you're responsible for the people um, that you hire and you work with, you're responsible for the experience that your customers have. So, Yeah. But, you know, pulled the plug, quit my job, did it. Uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't change, uh, having done it now, I, would, I wouldn't I would change it for anything.
1: Very cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess uh, since Hoku is a health tech-focused product, um, what you described there sounds quite stressful. Uh, so have you <laughs> developed any – do you have any tricks or tips or figured out ways to deal with that stress and – Uh, more healthy way
0: yeah I think for me the main thing I've learned uh, so last year when I was doing my other startup I burnt out quite badly and I think coming out of it and especially going into to Hoku some of the things I've been very uh deliberate about doing is you know always going for a walk every day um like always taking care of myself like doing those things day in and day out regardless of how busy I am it's very easy as a founder especially if you're on a very small founding team to think oh I don't actually have time you know I remember I used to think to myself oh, I don't have time you know going for a walk for 15 minutes be be sending out like 10 emails like, I can't do that but actually it's that isn't you know it's, it's it doesn't work like that like you actually do have to put yourself first and take care of yourself and be kind to yourself as a founder And, you know, it might feel like you're not working when you're doing those things, but actually it pays off because it means you're more efficient and uh, it means you don't burn out. Uh, So doing those things, like making sure I go for a walk, making sure I go to the gym regularly every week, again, regardless of how busy I am. Um, I try and whenever I'm doing anything or trying anything with Hoku, I tell myself that this is an experiment. this isn't a reflection of who I am like the things I do and the things I see with Hokie, like none of them are a reflection of who I am as a person they're just things I'm trying out and one of it will stick and one of it won't and everything I'm doing when I frame it like that as an experiment then it means that I even if something doesn't go well then I can look at it as sort of a learning lesson rather than uh, a failure in itself Um, and that's been really helpful.
1: Yeah, that's a really good perspective to have. And, um, well, I'm glad you've come to that realization. I'm sorry you sort of had to go through a burnout to get there. But I guess that's the journey that that everybody has to go on. Um, All right, let's dive into Hoku a little bit then. I looked at the website and the first thing I thought was, man, this is like huge and comprehensive, as you said. Mm. Uh, You're trying to cover, you know, general health, diet and exercise all within one platform. So uh, does that make you nervous at all? Do you have an idea to sort of niche down further? What are your thoughts there?
0: Mm. No, it doesn't It doesn't make me nervous. I mean, we'll go back to the, the niching in a second. But yeah, I mean, I think having spent a lot of time looking at other products in the space, I actually think a lot of health products aren't ambitious enough, if anything. You know, I think... Health is very complicated, like it's very messy. Um, It doesn't work in a vacuum. You know, your sleep affects your, your nutrition, your nutrition affects your mood. And then like all of that depends on your lifestyle and your responsibilities and how much time you have. And, you know, often my experience with health apps has been that they aren't personalized enough or they aren't engaging enough or they only work if you're already motivated. You know, you have a lot of time and you know exactly what you want. So they don't, as you say, don't tend to be very generic or uh, comprehensive all the time. So, yeah, I think actually building something more general that is trying to tackle the root of healthy behavior almost, um, which is the, you know, what I was saying about intention to action. It's ambitious, um, but the benefits of solving that uh, both for individuals um, and a society, I think, is big. So it's good that the solution is ambitious. Uh, and yeah, with regards to niching down, I think, like, yeah, the other side of the coin, obviously, is as a small team, there's only so many things we can focus our, our time on. And, you know, part of thinking about Hoku is, yeah, where do we prioritize our time? Like, who do we prioritize in building for? So, you know, our early segment will be narrow, probably looking at kind of students and people who are, uh, early on like just graduated in terms of our marketing so we're being quite focused on how we market um, and then also in terms of like rolling out certain features we'll probably prioritize like nutrition for example to begin with over exercise but all of it will be on the roadmap just you know what we build first.
1: That makes a lot of sense I guess before we get too deep into the weeds with the features and everything um, <laughs> can you can you give us a little Um, outline of like the timeline so far when did you start sort of building or validating the the idea and how long has it taken to get to your sort of alpha where you are now
0: Mm, I mean Hoke is so new (laughs) it's yeah it's been really when we started like thinking about its concept was a month ago Uh, and you know we spend uh, a couple of weeks like validating and then Um, putting something together, which we're able to do quite quickly. Because as I said, the other uh, startup that I have with my co-founder is also in the health tech, health coaching space, just like quite different. Um, But we already had a mobile app. We already had like a backend system. So we're able to kind of do the wiring up and validating, like a very scrappy validation quite early on. And yeah, I mean, the alpha has been a week so far. So it's all all early. We're hoping at the moment we're collecting feedback from the alpha, uh, refining the product, um, like the basic version of the product. We're hoping to get a V1 out um, in the next month or so.
1: Very cool. All right. So let's go back to the data part because this is like yeah. what my my biggest frustration with uh, fitness tech and stuff like that is just getting data that interoperates and interplays well into a comprehensive app has been like my biggest pain point as a runner and a Mm. cyclist. So like I, I have a GPS watch that tracks some things, but the app (laughs) for that watch itself isn't very comprehensive. So I've synced it, I've synced it to Apple health, but it doesn't take like my cycling activities from that watch for some reason. And even like the, uh, the built-in heart rate, monitor that's on the uh, the watch itself mm. it's like a, a random number generator when i'm riding my bike when i run it's pretty accurate but yeah. when i'm riding my bike it's like all over the place with spikes <laughs> and so the app itself has a really good algorithm for like figuring out how much each run has like strained me or how much load it is from a training perspective but when the heart rate data is off, it's like completely worthless. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how Hoku could sort of cover this because it's, it's it, uh, but my concern is that if at the the contact point, like the physical contact point, isn't gathering the right data, then everything downstream of that, and that includes Hoku or, and any sort of app that, gives me advice, is just working on bad data. Uh, so is, have you seen this? And is there anything that we can do to sort of make this better?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like, it's one of those things, right? Like the hardware, so there are a lot of apps, not just Hoku, which rely, which effectively make the assumption that you know the phone or the wearable or whatever that the user is wearing is returning accurate data and making assumptions based on that and unfortunately that's where they're limited because you know unless we're shipping our own hardware and you know the reasons why companies choose not to do that it just yeah you are just working off what you have um I guess what's the uh good thing about uh what comes forward is that companies we know for a fact that companies like Apple Watch like where improving their wearable technology it's like huge on the agenda like you know app, apple is an example of they've gone you know apple which is effectively they're moving it closer and closer to becoming like a medical device now and so in a lot of ways they're incentivized um to take care of that for the user and so hopefully all the other apps downstream can benefit from better accurate uh, wearable data in terms of what we are hoping to do to not necessarily solve that, because I think unless we do our own hardware, we really can't, and we probably won't. It just doesn't fit into, into what we're doing. But how we're hoping is that by allowing users to sink in lots of different wearables that they use. Uh, so, you know, obviously you have your Apple and you have your... Uh, you know, Google Fit. But, you know, people that are really into this, they usually have multiple, right? They have like an aura for their sleep and they have <laughs> something else uh, for their nutrition. And by allowing a lot of people to sing different devices, what I hope is then we can start looking at ways of, okay, maybe we can say, okay, actually get a user can then select, oh, actually, I want this data from my Apple and I want this data from this because I think it's more reliable. So kind of almost letting the user decide what their data sources are and and making it easy for them to pick those data sources and making sure that we support as many wearables as possible will will go some way in solving that problem a little bit
1: yeah for sure and and it is that is my situation i have uh, a watch from one brand i have a bike computer from a different brand <laughs> and I, yeah. I i have a phone that's apple and and so I would recommend anybody that's just getting started to like stick with one ecosystem in terms of devices, hardware, and software. Um, and whether yeah. that's Apple, you know, Apple's pricey, but it does seem to be doing the best in terms of the, best the thing. sensors right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and
0: okay. the annoying thing. Oh, sorry, I was going to go on a bit tangent about wearables. <laughs> the annoying go. thing about some of these wearables is that uh choosing one especially if you're like really interested in the nitty-gritty of it sometimes gets a bit hard because some of them are just choosing to specialize more like i know a lot of people who are really into even if they have an apple watch they're really into sleep data apparently aura is really good for it those who are more um you know into like into recovery data so like a lot more people who do a lot of sports interested in how quickly they recover apparently Whoop is the go to for that. So I I really hope that other than Apple, there's a better kind of all-rounded <laughs> wearable that comes out soon. Um, or even if we for RS start to become more all-rounded in the things that that they uh focus on. Um because yeah it, it is still a bit annoying in that regard. You know, other than Apple, I'm struggling to think of another all-rounded good wearable that a lot of people rely on.
1: For sure. And I guess my only suggestion, and this is after you know listening to a lot of coaches in the running and cycling space, is if you struggle with gathering accurate data to Hoku, and you ask, since it's a a chat interface, if you ask people sort of after they run or cycle to rate how hard they worked, Mm. and they um they give at like a 1 to 10 scale um and they do that over time the research has shown that to be a really accurate gauge if they do like a consistent um rating system like they don't say a 7 is a 3 the next day you know yeah, yeah, if they yeah. if they rate it for themselves in an accurate way then over time that's just as accurate as trying to train off heart rate or something like that so just an idea. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's um, Okay, let's see. I went into the demo and I wanted to talk about uh, marathon training with Hoku yeah. because I'm training, training for a marathon right now. Um, and it was generally good advice, uh, but I asked it for pacing suggestions mm-hmm. or what pace I needed to run to finish a marathon in three hours, and it was wildly off. <laughs> like it, it gave me six minutes and 30 something when the true answer is four minutes and 15 seconds yeah. per kilometer so uh what what's causing this discrepancy with gpt or, or what's going on there
0: yeah so it, i mean so yeah what i want to say is the demo is very limited <laughs> it's so we're as you know we're running our private alpha right now um to really find you the product, but what happened was we started getting a lot of traffic in our waitlist, and you know we thought, okay, let's give people a little bit, a little bit of a taste, especially if they haven't uh, experienced GPT. So we just hooked up GPT 3.5 uh, with you know a chat interface and some prompting, but GPT is actually bad at math like it's surprising but it's one of the reasons apparently why uh one of their plugins is wolfram um because it's bad at math so they were trying to patch it up by having wolfram as a plugin uh but having said all of that with our fine tune model and how we actually process every query that comes in so on the actual hoku app it will it, it's it will be fine for math <laughs> it's my reassurance but on the demo uh for now it's going to be quite limited we are looking into bringing like some of the features that we have from the hoku app introducing it into the demo uh just so that people on the wait list get more and more of an idea of what the like all the things that the mobile app can do um but yeah well i if you join the wait list you'll get updated emails about how far we go on that yeah
1: okay yeah, well it was very, it was it did give me some good sort of training tips. I asked it to write a whole 10 nice. week training plan, but um and then I ran out of space. But it was a little bit aggr- <laughs> it was a little bit aggressive with the weekly step up in volume, but yep. um that happens. Uh I, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh let's see. You mentioned earlier who you're gonna target and I'm curious sure. just for a little bit more detail. So what types of people do you want as ideal early users? Do you want experienced athletes? Do you want uh, people that are just focused on health in general?
0: Yeah, I uh, ideal early users are people that I like to call intention rich, <laughs> time and money poor. So not, not really athletes, because I think uh, they aren't really our target user. Um, But for who our target user is going to be are people who have kind of all the intentions and believe that they want to be a healthier version of themselves, you know. So they're like, yeah, I I do. You know, the people who set resolutions at the start of the new year being like, I'm going to run three times a week. I'm not going to eat a whole box of donuts every day. Uh, And then like two weeks later, they're like, oh, no, I've completely forgotten that resolution because, you know, whether they're busy or whether they have a lot of things going on in their life or they... Um, They might do it for a while, but actually they fall out of the habit and then struggle to motivate themselves out of it, which is, you know, a large portion of people, I'd say, actually. Um, So for these users, we think they particularly need something like Hoku, which takes their intentions, removes all the friction as much as it possibly can, and then makes it ridiculously easy for them to make those healthy changes.
1: Very cool. Um, I guess we touched on this a little bit, but um, there have been a, a couple other AI sort of training tools that I've been interested in over the last couple sure. of years as a runner and cyclist. So uh, some athletes and coaches might push back and say, you know, this chat thing doesn't know everything I know from the real world of doing this for X number of years. Um, what What's your response to that sort of pushback? Or yeah. um, is there a space where uh, experienced people can put hoku in their toolkit as a supplemental tool not to replace everything they know but as a sort of aid to help them train better
0: oh yeah absolutely so like the last company I did which was just talking about was a health coaching company involving actual you know nutritionists and personal trainers uh, so you know we've worked with real life health coaches in that company and a lot of we know from experience um, that a lot of the efficiency and automation that we started introducing into their workflow actually made their jobs a lot easier for them. So you know it meant that we were able to take all the knowledge, you know, all the practical um, experience they had accumulated, but we were able to apply that at scale while retaining the personal touch, which made their coaching really effective. And you know, I think likewise we kind of see Hoku not coming at the expense of coaches and experts, but really almost standing on their shoulders uh, in a way, you know, like we fine tune Hoku or we are fine tuning Hoku right now, not just in academic information, but in the behavioral change models, you know, the learning frameworks that coaches have developed um, over the last few decades. We're also fine tuning it on because in our last company with all those like real life coach and user conversations, we're fine tuning it on all of that as well. So you know, the coaches that we have are the ones who are validating and continually adding to kind of the core database that uh, Hoku pulls all this information from and learns from, and you know that will always be the case for us, uh, so that we can make sure that the advice Hoku gives is validated. Um, So yeah, I I see it as a symbiotic relationship on both ways.
1: Very cool. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch how it grows. And when you launch, I'm excited to mm. to start using it. Um, I guess we've been focused more on activity so far. But the other thing that uh, I'm really curious about is the nutrition side of it, the equation, because that is also an important side of, of healthy living in general. Um, and I think that's another place where data is very hard to get right because... Yeah. You can log all you eat, but you know, food is complicated. Recipes are complicated. There could be more calories in there. You could, yeah. you know, or you don't want to spend the time sort of measuring everything you eat, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what's what is Hoku going to do in that area to sort of track and help people eat healthier? Mm
0: so logging is really annoying like for someone who spent time yeah doing things like my fitness bell like yeah you're right like you know they've tried to make it easier now with barcode scanning but the barcode's always wrong (laughs) you have to like edit it um and you know one of the reasons I always hated uh calorie counting was because logging was really annoying and actually it's it's interesting because it's one of the like nutrition is one of the places we're focusing on first uh and one of the things is making things like logging and tracking what you eat easier, we're doing that in a couple of ways. So like we have got a prototype for where you don't have to go and log everything you can take. And this is using AI uh, image to text where you can take a photo of your food and then it breaks it down for you. And obviously there will be an element where you then have to go in and edit it potentially, because again, like AI is only trained on the information that they have, right? And the hope is they will get better. But initially we expect there will be some editing that you as a user will have to do. But hopefully it, it makes it easier because it's already identified all the components on your play. It's already given you like a rough measure of each of those things. So it takes away a lot of the tediousness of having to do it. But then also like, you know, deciding how the user wants to track what they eat. Um, Calorie counting is always the obvious way, but we know from our previous experience of health products, sometimes people just want to take a photo and just have that rather than really going into their macros of what they're eating. So also allowing them to choose how they want to track and then what kind of feedback they want to get from Hoku. Like, do they actually want Hoku to, you know, review every meal, which it can do? Um, Or do they actually just want Hoku to almost keep track of, okay, I've only eaten, you know, three desserts this week versus two desserts, like I said, I would. So personalizing all of that, making it a lot easier to do it. And then, yeah, making it again with recipes, also making it really easy for them to know uh, what macros they're eating in it. So like, for example, one of the features that we're really excited about with Hoku is being able to instantly uh, generate meal plans. So that's the thing a lot of people who want to either go on a diet or who are like, you know, doing some kind of physical activity and need to eat a certain type of diet struggle with, you know, they have a fixed amount of calories they want to intake, they have, you know, sometimes they have a breakdown of the how much protein or how much fat they want to take in. But then a lot of the times when you're just Googling on the internet for recipes, you really have to spend time putting all of that together. And I know from experience. Whereas with Hoku, what we're hoping you'll be able to do, you just come in, you say, uh, this is what I'm trying to do, protein-rich. Actually, I do want to break it down into macros. This is my calorie count. Hoku already knows your health profile. So it already knows, okay, you don't like tomatoes. You really like chicken. uh, You are vegan, for example. So you don't have to repeat that information. And then it gives you a meal plan, Uh, it breaks it down for you. And then it also gives you the option to, you know, rejig some of the meals if you want to find things that are better. But then what it then does is it makes that whole process seamless um, and a lot easier. Uh, And and hopefully that, you know, (laughs) people people feel less like, you know, eating healthy or tracking their food is a chore, which I think is the biggest like blocker for a lot of people who want to eat healthy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully it would just remind me when I'm actually not training for a marathon after the race is over, like you don't have to just eat everything all day, every day.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you pick one of the like sassy coaches with your personality, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll do that. If you pick like, because you can pick your type of coaches, right? If You pick like a cheerleader type. They they might give you the same information, but in a much kinder way.
1: (laughs) Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking me through the idea and the concept for Hoku. Uh, one more thing, I guess, since this is a core part of Nano, which you're now a part of, uh, what is your goal for this month in the Nano Grit, uh challenge?
0: Mm. Our goal is it's punchy. Oh, I'm pushing it down somewhere. My goal is to get 5,000 weightless users by the end of How the How many? 5,000.
1: Oh, and how many do you have now?
0: (laughs) Uh, We have uh, almost, I've got like a little, uh, like a a thing with the process. We've got about 900.
1: Oh, you're off to a cracking start then. Good job. (laughs) All right, well, we will um, follow your progress and uh, look forward to seeing Hoku grow and seeing your wait list grow as well. And just as a closing reminder for all of our new watchers or listeners, you can see the progress of all the startups that are in the NanoGrit Challenge at nanoHQ.co. There's a little menu bar there with all the 23 startups and what they're building and how many people they have signed up so far throughout the month. And if you want to learn more about Hoku, check out heyhoku.com. And you can try out the demo, sign up for the wait list, and uh, make your healthy lifestyle easier in the next month by getting on Hoku. So thank you so much, Kavita, for your time. And I look forward to following your progress.
0: Sweet. It's great chatting.